0: Blog Talk Radio. Starting us off, the Rams get down, so nobody's fault. And don't you worry, cause the Rams are rapping when game time comes really back to zapping. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty, but we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the LA Ram. Hollywood happy, Dodge City tough. If you throw it by way, it's gonna get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see, nobody likes ramming any more than me.
1: They call me Dina, nobody dresses Twitter. But under this cool. From the air Looking for the sack I don't stop coming Till I put them on the back limousine winning in My moves are like dreams They call me the demon Old special team I know how to rock From the toes to the head When I pull the trigger I'll knock you dead I'm a mountain
2: man From yes, West VA They call me Herc And I came to play I learned long ago That's was a ram- radio, You can
0: ram it all day And ram it all
1: night Ram it tea, you know Ram it you know It's like Oh What's going on Everybody It's your boy Perky. It's been a minute Man it, sure. a lot of people Tune in tonight Just that means football approaching. we all excited, optimistic, eager. We're all ready. We're ready for grand football, ready for NFL, ready for football in general, but just ready for children. What's on? What a, lot of like Daddy Hill, take a look at my stock. I catch what they told me and I like the block. So not to get it all started. It's your boys I'm for Van and to get in. host the, of the show band. with me. It's show radio. For those guys maybe haven't called in before. I invite you to hit us up, man. The number tonight is 347-857-1022. We're going to be talking about all things Rams, all things training camp, all things draft, all things Tony Dungy. I don't think we're going to talk about Tony Dungy. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to see. Um, it's going to be an interesting show. We're going to try to bring on Trey, I always forget how to say his last name. I think it's Bob Board from uh, Niners Nation, the SB Nation site for the fans of the San Francisco 49ers, obviously coming from enemy camp. But it's good to hear from the other teams in the NFC West, and we like to bring in those guys. They're good guys. you got to be serving. you got to bring in the good people. Um, we'll see what they're up to. I think i got Van on the line. Let's bring him in to save me, Van. What's going on, brother?
0: Right around it, dude.
1: Well, I've been – we're ramming it.
0: No, offense,
1: I don't know about you. I've been ramming it, That's let's see, it's July 24th. It's July twenty fourth. I've been ramming it for about two hundred and twenty three days for two thousand
2: fourteen. Solid. That's solid ramming effort on your part. I don't know. I don't know
1: any other way to live, man. What's going on, bro? Man, it's been it's Not been an much, interesting off
2: It's been a while since we talked. What's up? It's been a wild off season, yeah. It have been, and it feels like it's still like we just sort of jumped right into it the last couple of days with all, all the crap going on around the NFL. So it's uh it's been pretty it's wild, crazy. man
1: it's one of those things where you wait forever and then all of a sudden it creeps up on you too fast. And I haven't finished the Auburn tape study of Greg Robinson, Trey Mason. I didn't get to go back and watch a 2013 tape. I still haven't made my remix to it. I'm way behind.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I made a remix of the Kenny Britt video the other day, yesterday, but I'm going to have to work on it a little bit more. It's not quite ready for primetime publication yet.
1: So. Hashtag
2: iPoppy Hey, before we get into stuff, man,
1: here was something I was thinking for kind of an intro segment. Um, this, time was the fir- this was the first time in a long time that even as a sports fan, and I know most people, you know, who follow, you know, the Rams or NFL follow other sports. We have other interests. Obviously, for St. Louis fans, the Cardinals are a big sure. part of the lives, but there's other teams in other sports as well. This was the first time an NFL offseason felt like it wasn't forcing sports, into the conversation to avoid the NFL. Usually the NFL just dominates, even in the off season. But this was the first time between the World Cup and LeBron that I thought that maybe the NFL's dominance wasn't as concrete as we usually assume it is. You're the NFL editor for SB Nation. How did you think they think this last two months went, you know, in terms of an NFL perspective where usually even the most, you know, minute detail, you know, somebody re-ups a four-year contract and it's the biggest news story for four days that overtakes all the other sports. It felt like that was different this year.
2: Yeah, it was a little different this year. I mean, you really didn't, you know, it was quieter in in some regards. You didn't have a major, you know, like for a couple of years there, where we had the, you know, the lockout and then the bounties and then, and then you know, random, you know the Aaron Hernandez thing last year. You know, sure. how did I forget about that. Sure. But it, you know, this year it wasn't. It was. It was really quiet. And like you had that month during the World Cup where things were really quiet. I mean, you know, the sports world just didn't want, and, and there wasn't a lot out there, and there wasn't a lot too forced because you know major rights holders had sort of like, you know, you can't get in, in the World Cup's way while that's going on. They, you know, they had right. a lot invested in it. So it, you know, it's not a, It it was kind of nice, from a you know, from a work day job perspective, but it was also sort of, you know, it was it was that weird year where there just wasn't some major NFL headline, you know, that dominated at least part of every month of the off season, like there usually is. Exactly, it it
1: was just kind of weird, you know. And in obviously for you, it's a professional thing, but you know, even from somebody whose job doesn't necessarily you know require the, the the scrutiny of the NFL in the offseason—it felt kind of good that the NFL kind of gave way to other things. As much as I love football and as much as I love the Rams, it felt kind of good that other sports maybe had a, a a chance to dominate the summer months. And I don't know, maybe that's because I'm a soccer—I don't hate football. No, Lamar, it I
2: does. I honest. mean, you need that. I mean, I think you need that balance. It's like anything else. You need that balance, I man. I'm not—you don't know, necessarily buy into what Mark Cuban said in, back in March about you know the NFL overstepping its welcome, but. You know there is there is such a thing as too much too I mean, it's funny that in this age where I mean we you know we have a media we're at a point in the media where we can consume whatever we want as much as we want you know all day all year round, whether that's sports or video games or politics or whatever it is, you know you can get off on that on the internet constantly right now, but we also it's also much easier for people to sour on stuff than it used to be too i mean i, I you know it doesn't take much for for takes the turn like it used to I mean now, sports are a little different because you have live TV but you know you'll see that on the fringes with the NFL the Pro Bowl ratings will drop or you know and I know they don't drop much compared to the other sports but you know the Pro Bowl rating, interest in the draft I mean know, interest in the draft was a little down this year because you have I mean I know the TV ratings were were solid and, and broke records because you had the Johnny deal stuff but You you go back to Saturday and Sunday in the draft, especially really until the Michael Sam thing in the seventh round, you just don't have a lot of it. You get a sense of just how much the NFL lives on, you know, propping up the weeds like that. I mean, it's like it's really not, you know, the sixth round of the draft isn't interesting. It is for Turfstow Radio, obviously, but it's not for – you know, the overwhelming majority of the population, and understandably so. So, you know, it was nice to have it in the background a little bit. It, it puts more emphasis. I think in the end it puts more emphasis on the games and the players and, you know, the reason why we all like this stuff in the first place. You know, I didn't get into this so I could, you know, become an expert on police reports and, you know, multi-district litigations and stuff like that. But, you know, that's kind of where I've spent a lot of the last few months. So, it's, it's sure. you know, yeah. it's yeah. up and down. It's refreshing. Yeah.
1: And let's be honest, no, nobody is going back and watching college football games from 2011 at, you know, 10 o'clock, a random Wednesday night in a, you know, an apartment outside the D.C. area with, a you know, a wife and child in the <laughs> other room. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Nobody, nobody does that. Nobody watches old, you know, Sunbelt football in the off season with nothing better to do. <laughs> Those are crazy people. <laughs> they just don't exist. Um, That's right. segwaying back to where we're at, they, there's been a lot of uncomfortable topics in the NFL. And I let's give you a chance if you want to respond to these. I don't necessarily, but do you, let's go. Redskins, Tony Dungy, um, Ray Rice, what else am I forgetting? Um,
2: you know, I don't know, but you know, really, the perfect place to go catch up on all this stuff is Church Times, NSB Nation, you can get all the Tony Dungy, all the Ray Rice, all the Washington NFL team nickname you care to eat at those buffets. All you need, all you'd ever want, I should rephrase it like that. So yeah, that, Church Times is
1: actually a really good Rams blog. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's got some good. Sometimes, stuff. Sometimes, it is.
2: sometimes it is. Sometimes it does. But sometimes man, it does. Sometimes it sometimes it gets a little negative. I I know, but you know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep all. You gotta keep a balance of perspectives out
1: there. I wa- I thought that was a good place to start, man. We've got a lot in front of us between training camp, obviously getting launched in. Full force tomorrow, obviously, the rookies were already there, the veterans reported today. we got a preseason in front of us. We can get to all that and how the team improves, all the changes, all that stuff, a lot of stuff to talk about. But I think one of the the great things about tertial times is the diversity of viewpoints, right, whether that's the diversity of viewpoints between the staff and the writers or the members of the community. I think that's a good thing, and I think we're a better uh, community, when we have the opportunity to discuss different viewpoints and debate those in a rational way, sometimes not so rational. I think, I think one of the things that's most interesting is how personally people take it when you don't uh, fawn over Sam Bradford's talents, right? <laughs> now, I, I tend yeah. to be more positive than you when it comes to Sam Bradford. Certainly many more people tend to be more positive than even I do. But I think what's interesting is that people take it so personally when you don't immediately hold up Sam Bradford as a lock for the Rams quarterback for the next decade. How how do you incorporate the optimism and the determined the determined optimism of so many Rams fans?
0: Well and, and I have deal with
1: two, that when, I have when two you when you're being realistic on. about Sam Bradford's career.
2: I have two theories on this. I mean, you know, in one sense it's like you know, the Rams have been so bad for so long, and there's just, there's you know, there's really not been any sort of glimmer of hope about that, the entire organization until, like, I, you know, I, I mean, Tony Saucy was your director of personnel for a couple of years. It's just like, <laughs> that's where this franchise has been. And, like, now it's like, it is, there is hope on the horizon. We do, you know, you saw the under 25, the, the thing about the under 25 players on the roster. There's a lot of talent. I mean, that defensive line has the, you know, the talent the players to be something special this season and beyond that, even it's, it's just, and so, so you've got that hope. I mean, Bradford and quarterbacks always sort of bear the burden of the narrative, whether it's fair or not, you know, and I, and it's not just the media sure. that does that. It's everybody that does that. It's, it, you know, ideally it's, no, and ideally, it's the most perfect. The quarterback is sort of the most, you know, ideal person that you think of with the franchise, the most easy, easy person to associate with that. I mean, you know, Robert Quinn. You know, Robert Quinn's a big star. I mean, defensive players get to be big stars, but it always comes back to the quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's just sort of where we are. You know, I mean, those are the guys that throw the ball. It's the, you know, that's where the fantasy football is so popular now. So. So in a sense, I think, that, you know, Bradford's this number one pick, and there was a lot of hype about it. There was a lot of excitement about it. I remember. I mean, I was super excited about it. I was, you know, openly advocating that they take him over Sa in the draft in 2010. And, and you know, I'm so not so – sure, they didn't make the right decision there, but at the same time, it's just like they just – it's just always – so you know, I think he represents this hope for people. I mean, I think it's this—you know—this is the the guy that can make it good again. This is what you know you put on the quarterback, and you carry that through. And then, and in a sense too, he's so—and this is two parts. He's so vanilla. I mean, he's so—you know—he doesn't go into the media. He's not in the media much. He's not in front of a camera very often. You know, the Rams PR office especially has really sort of protect has protected him too much from the spotlight from his rookie season onward. I mean, you know, you talk to people that work in radio and stuff you, that don't, you know, obviously have a contract with the team, but it's, you know, it's, you can't get Sam Bradford on the air. You talk to local. I mean, it's, it's hard to get him to do anything. That's not sort of until the last couple of years. That's just like a canned public relations deal, you know, a ribbon cutting or a a fun run or, you know, that kind of stuff. and, and, you know, the guy just doesn't have a lot of dimensions to him either, on the field or off. And it's just, you know, you you get the blank canvas too. So it's like he's not really done sure. anything to shit all over your dreams or anything like that. But, you know, on the same hand, it's like what has he done to really make you think that he can be, you know, a good quarterback when it's not garbage time in a game, you know, when you're not trailing by 14 points or you're not, you know, <laughs> down 30 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. I mean, sure. that's what – you know, you look at that, and then this is four years. I mean, four years is an eternity in the, in the National Football League. The average player career is three and a half seasons. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you're over the hill after three and a half seasons. You should be an established person in the NFL, even if you maybe haven't reached your peak after four seasons. And certainly true, I think that's certainly true with quarterbacks because it takes them longer to really plateau unless they're just sort of supernaturally talented, you know, Peyton Manning, that sort of thing. But, it's, uh, you, you know, so here we are with this fifth season, and it's just always been this, like, you know, you have a guy that's not really, that doesn't really do anything to stand out, and then you add on to that. It's like the team around him has always been so terrible, too. So it's like it's, you know, it's six dozen of one, and six of one and a half dozen of another. it's He's bad, and the team around him is bad. And, and, you know, they don't really do anything to benefit each other or make anybody good. And then you throw in, you know, three years of terrible coaching before Fisher got here. And I think, you know, you have, a, have to ask some questions of Fisher and his staff. As great as they are and as, and as much, you know, movement as they push this franchise in the right direction, there's a lot of questions to be asked about. that. They haven't done a good job offensively. Why is Brian Schottenheimer so employed as an offensive coordinator in the National Football League? It's an open joke. I mean, you talk to players, you talk to other coaches around the league. It's, this guy's not well respected. He's not considered an offensive lineman just because – You know, Marty Schottenheimer and, you know, Buddy Ryan were so close, and Fisher's, you know, a Buddy Ryan guy. So, you know, I I don't know know what it is, but it's frustrating to see that. You know, they can't seem to get their draft picks right when it comes to the offense. You know, they can't seem to get the quarterback right. They can't seem to sort of do – they can't ever seem to put anything consistent on the field when it comes to moving the ball themselves. And that's what's frustrating about it. And I think what's interesting is just the timing, right? I think one of the things, and I
1: I said this a lot last year, was despite the fact that, you know, the record stayed the same, that, you know, they weren't able to get above five hundred by the end of the season, was that the roster was much improved. And and you you talked about, you go back to especially early in Steve Spagnuolo's tenure and back into the Linehan era, the roster was useless. It was almost entirely devoid of – the kind of talent that most teams would want, right? You're talking about I mean you're talking about a 53-man roster and maybe four of those guys were players that other teams really wanted on their team. That's not the case anymore the raw, the talent's not the issue. the skill's not the issue. it's the application and before we get into the really what i what I think should be the theme of the show, which to me is the ram's on the cusp, right? You've had two seasons where they they haven't been able to get to five hundred or above you know it's been a decade pretty much let's paraphrase It's been a decade before, since they've had a winning record since they've been to the playoffs. it feels like they're they're closer than ever right but the the issues that they're facing are the kind of issues that I guess you'd want, right, that, that, that talent's not an issue, that, you know, you've got a profession, an incredibly professional staff and front office in place. I think you touched on it that maybe the capability of the staff isn't where you'd like it to be, but the professionalism and the approach is right. The, wh- what is the biggest issue going into the 2014 season for the Rams? Is it quarterback play? Is it the capability of the coaching staff? Is it the difficulty of working out of the NFC West? Is it a lack of talent? Maybe, and not necessarily a lack of talent, but a lack of unit cohesion, either for the offensive line or for the wide receivers. What is the biggest thing you think the Rams need to overcome to be successful? This?
2: Year? Well, you know, here's what the concerns me, You know, from a really big picture perspective about the Rams. I mean, you know, you sell. We have we and. The special teams unit was really good last year, too. That doesn't get enough credit. But, you know, we've had sure. solid defense to play. There's a lot of, you know, there's a core nucleus to be hopeful with. And it's, you know, not underwhelming as the defense was last season. At least, like, you still had that defensive line that did well and kept the team in games. Same with the special teams, you know. They certainly weren't making any anything costly other than just sort of a bevy of penalties. Even what, you know, the other performance they put around those penalties was more than enough to sort of erase most of the damage from that. But... I guess my concern is from the big picture, it's like, is this a team moving in the right direction? The NFL looks a lot different than the Rams do. And then maybe that's a mm-hmm. part of the rebuilding process. And maybe that's part of, you know, the, you know, just like we said, it's overcoming that, you know, absolute barren desert of talent that the team won. I mean, you know, it was a worldly roster for better or for worse for a couple of years. there, what? When Craig was coaching it. I mean, it was just terrible. And then that goes back to the previous regime as well. But, it's you know the rest of the NFL is sort of it's it's progressive it's moving forward it understands I mean you know you just had a the referee training session this year it's all about it's all about erasing that you know giving the wide receivers even more play it, it's it's there's a conscious effort to put more offense into the NFL than there used to be I mean you you've already got the highest scoring you know NFL we've ever seen and it's probably going to be more so this year because of the rule change and the direction we're moving, I and mean, you know, part of that's player safety, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you know, you just can't. I don't know that how long how you can't sustain a team that competes for a conference championship every year if you can't consistently score thirty points when you need to. Not today's NFL. You don't need to run. You don't need to. You don't need to have Aaron Rodgers. You don't need to have, you know that. Kelly offense necessarily but you know you need to be able to score points and you need to have some level of competency and not just sort of treat that like it's a secondary concern you know it, like it's it's just sort of like well we've got to play offense as long as we can kind of move the ball with the running back we'll be fine right. yeah I mean I know the Seahawks and the, and the 49ers the two best teams in the league right now by far I know those two teams run the hell out of the ball and they run it you know more probably than any other team that was in the playoffs last year, without looking at the actual numbers. But we know they run it a lot. But when they throw it, they throw it really well. They don't mess around with that. Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick are good quarterbacks. Now, are they at that top level? No, not yet. Do they have the ability to get there? Yeah, absolutely they have the ability to get there. But, you know, they're good quarterbacks. And they're in situations where they win, and they're in situations where, you know, they make plays. And it's not always to the, you know, they don't always have a Calvin Johnson at their disposal. Certainly sure. Russell Wilson didn't last year. So it's, you know, you've got to have that forward thinking. In the NFL, when you go back and you look at Fisher's tenure in Tennessee, it's like this is not a team that was a consistent winner. It was just sort of a team that could always kind of string it along and never do worse than 8-8 eight and eight, unless it was just really a bad thing you know, freakish, you know, rash of injuries or just freak sort of salary cap purge or something like that. So, you know, I don't know. That's my concern from the 30,000 of you up closer. I mean, I don't just, – just, just maybe to say something about another part of the team that's not offense, you know, I worry about the secondary. It doesn't look like it's terribly – I mean, it 's a talented group but it 's a terribly inexperienced well,
1: group. They, you know, man, got... before, let me, let me interrupt you, man because I want to get in detail on something yeah, before we get into it, that I think it's cause you're right. it 's interesting because you 're right on some se- on some levels it is it 's a tactical question, and it 's a tactical question that spans the sport it 's not just NFL, it's colleges. What what is the approach that works best, right? And it's so often, you know, most people think that whatever you make the most of, whether it's a four three three four 4 defense, whether it's this, you know, spread offense, uh, uh, run and show, whatever kind of offense you're running, you know, it's just a matter of executing it the best, and it's not that one is better than the other. I think it's interesting, though, that you've got, you know, in Jeff Fisher and you know, you mentioned Seattle and San Francisco that have some some rush-heavy offenses, and obviously what Nick Saban has at Alabama, which is maybe the most watered-down, slow-tempo, you know, I'm gonna punch you in your face football style available. That the, that you've got this tactical argument there. Well, what I wanted to set up though before we start bringing in some callers is there's there's four areas, right? Special teams, offense, defense, and coaching going into this year. And I think if we're if the theme of this show is Rams on the cusp, what do we need to do to get over the hump and get? if not into the postseason, as close as possible. I think for me the goal this season is at a minimum by week 17, week 16, Rams still need to be in the playoff hunt. They have to be. If, they have, if they're if they not in the playoff hunt by week 16, week 17, to me that's a failure of a season. And I think the only way you get there or make sure that you're in the playoffs by that point is to improve one of those four areas significantly enough. Where, where do you want to start? What, what's most intriguing to you? You mentioned the secondary. Do you want to start with the defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to talk about the defense, I would, you know, obviously you're not really all that concerned about the defensive line. It's a deep unit, it's a it's a deep group, and you know, if you one lose one of the, best one in of the NFL. starters, you've got yeah, and if you lose a starter there, you've got a guy that's maybe just as good or better, with the exception of you know Robert Quinn that that can step in and play there. So it's a, you know, that's a that's a healthy group. You don't have to worry about that. What I worry about is the secondary. You haven't seen a lot of, you know, the secondary. Benefited from a you know even better defensive line play in 2012, and you didn't see that last year. The defensive line play was still good, but man, the secondary was just a problem over and over and over again. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, you know, for every big play he'd have, he'd have you know 90 snaps of just terrible coverage. Jermaine Johnson struggled to make tackles last year. I mean, you think was it 12 or 17 missed tackles last year? It's one of the highest totals. For any cornerback in the NFL, they has got to get that kind of stuff ironed out. And, you know, if they're young. It's not like these are veterans. So, you know, they've still got some time, and we've certainly seen the flashes from them that they can play at a high level. So you pump that up. But then you go back to the safety issue. I mean, are we going in there with Rodney McLeod and TJ McDonald as their starting safeties? I, I don't know about that. That's a little bit of a concern. Maybe those guys are good down the road. McDonald looks like a competent starting, even, you know, a guy that can grow into an above-average starter as a strong safety, but, man, I mean, Ronnie McLeod's a placeholder.
1: Well, and, and how much of that do you put on, on the strategy? And before we get to coaching, I know that's one of the four areas, and I definitely want to make sure we get a chance to talk about that specifically, but, you know, between the cushion of death and, the, you know, a lot of Tampa 2 looks where James or and I guess was dropping deep, how, mu- how much of the secondary struggles do you think was, uh, a cause of the approach to defense versus the execution of it.
2: Oh, sure. I mean, I think that hurts. You know, you, th- you know, the, they played better in the second half of the season when they started playing more man coverage, we saw that. And, you know, and hopefully that's what they'll do. and hopefully that's what they'll do with Williams. You know, I think Jenkins is a better player when he works in man coverage like that. Same with true Johnson. So it you know, that'll benefit the cornerback and some of that's just roster too. I mean, you know, the quick turnarounds in the NFL are nice, and you have to have that. I mean, it's too—it's too big of a business not to be able to turn around a franchise within three years. If you can't do that in three years, you failed. This is a billion-dollar business. You don't have there's no room for error like that. You know,
1: It's the no for, That's like the way it works. You get three—you get three years.
2: It it is. You can't just keep giving. You know, this whole idea of like we need a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth season to sort of get it right this is the NFL, you can't do that. It's too big of a business. There's too much money and there's too much at stake for that. So, you know, you've got to be able to fix that. So, and some of that is, you know, the safety issue to me isn't necessarily one of a a coaching failure. It's just more of like where have they really had the chance to address that? I mean, there's been safeties they could have taken in the draft. Obviously, you're not going to find the next – it's hard to find the next Earl Thomas. But, you know, they've had other picks that they needed to make too or or players of better – you know, positional value where they were drafting at. So it's, you know, it's not like you can just snap your fingers in one off season or open the checkbook because, you know, there's too many free agent deals like Jared Cooks too. You don't need that. Or Corlin Finnegan, how did that turn out after Tuesday? Of course.
1: Yeah, I think free agency is one of those areas. And maybe that should have been one of the five that they've struggled to make meaningful free agent additions. And we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, Kenny Britt isn't a marquee signing you know the Rams don't necessarily have a lot to stand on when it comes to free agency. But with the draft picks they've had, you know that that's the centerpiece of this team. The thing is, you know when you look at the defense, how much can they improve? They were already the the, the you know the, the the bedrock of the team last year, and even two years ago. Is going to be this year. How much can they improve? I, I don't know that they can all that much less to see what Greg Williams does. We'll we'll get to that in coaching, but it's obvious that if there's room for improvement, it's going to come on the offensive side of the ball. What do you you think the Reigns needs to do to improve the offensive game?
2: Yeah. And something else to think about too with this is, you know, the defense has been very lucky when it comes to injuries the last couple of years. So I know the secondary had some guys banged up, but, you know, the front seven has been very lucky when it comes to injuries and, you know, like I say, it's, it, with the defensive line, there's enough depth there that if if you do lose one of those guys for a couple of games or even, you know, a, a longer stretch than that, it's deep enough that they can kind of sort of fill in the gaps and not really lose a whole lot. But, you I know, mean, you start getting back with the linebackers, the safety thing was an issue last year. You still don't have that depth at safety this year. So, it's, you know, you still have those concerns headed into the season, that, you know, and, and we've seen the injuries kind of – wrecked the offense over the last couple seasons or, you know, last 10 seasons, whatever it is. But it's a, uh, you know, that's a concern heading into it too. Sure. And, you know, the offensive line has had
1: injury issues. Obviously you go back to 2010, but you know the Rams haven't had a bulwark offensive line for quite some time. Where do you think the improvement, if it's going to come on the offensive side of the ball, maybe despite Brian Schottenheimer, if if you're if you're putting on your rose-colored glasses, where does the where does the offense come from? Does it come from a big leap from Sam Bradford? Does it come from some combination of an improvement from Tavon Austin and the rest of the threats on the offensive side of the ball? Does it come from a rushing attack that leans on the strength of the offensive line? How do you think the Rams' offense, if it's going to at all, is going to improve in 2014?
2: I think the Rams' offense, the biggest way, the the most noticeable way that they'll improve is not to just be a drag on the rest of the team. I just they, they oh, said, the the,
1: if, they, if they just they come just, in with a good attitude to, to, to every <laughs>
2: Sunday, Hey, we
1: just you. want to focus.
2: Yeah. It. Yeah. No, it's just that, you know, you've got to fix that. You've got to sort of like, you know, not, not be so difficult to score points. You know, it's just, it's a problem. They've never, the offense has never been and as exciting as that was. It was like, overall the offense was not, it was well below league average. And even when you normalize,
1: that's what it was. It was mediocre.
2: Death no, on their best days. They were mediocre. I mean, the, the, the games where they really turned into an opponent, like even the surprise one with, you know, against the saints last year, but the, the games where they turned into an opponent and really kind of, pulled off an upset or ran away with the game was always where you had the defense or the special teams really could, you know, they were able to either score for themselves or, you know, put the offense in a position where they almost can't lose. So you've got to be able to, if they can run the ball, not turn it over a lot and just keep, you know, don't send Sam Bradford out there to throw the ball. He's not the kind of quarterback. We've seen this. He's not the kind of quarterback that's going to throw 30 times a game. He's not the kind of quarterback. That you want to put the game on his back because it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. He's he's got good stats that are padded by bad opponents and garbage time statistics. So take the weight off his shoulders. Don't risk it with with that stupid passing game that we saw at the beginning of the season last year.
1: And may, and maybe that's you know it, it, if that's the case, maybe that's the opportunity for the Rams to really move forward in, in offense is to pretty much do a one eighty is lean on the strength of the running game and the offensive line and that strategy early on and allow that to to create some free opportunities for the passing game to take advantage of a defense that isn't as suspect. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's,
2: uh, you, you've got to pack
1: all that in there. We'll see. We'll
2: see, man. Hey, hey, I think
1: that's the difficult part about the offense is that, you know, when you look at it, there's not a lot of reason for big optimism. I think if you look – the one thing that a lot of people at TST seem to lean on, and I know there was a silent pause there between both of us, and I think it's because we don't share some of that optimism, is when people are jumping on somebody like Stedman Bailey. I, I, I Yeah. I, I, want, I want to believe in the Rams. All right, we're Rams fans. And I will, a lot of people question those kind of things. They question, you know, how – and for you, you know, with the the way you've approached Sam Bradford and the, the difference in how we talk about him. But when people are getting excited about Stedman Bailey, somebody that caught 17 passes for just over 200 yards and saying this is the guy that's going to, you know, resurrect a relatively dead passing game, I don't see how that's very rational.
2: No, and I, again, you know, that comes back to that hope. It's just like if you've never seen as a Rams fan, you've never seen – anybody worth a, worth, worth a crap since Tory Holton and Isaac Bruce left town. So, you, you know, you hang on to those 17 catches because they are kind of promising. And, a kid, you know, you want to root for the kid because it, and it's fun to do that. I mean, it's fun to project, you know, that's why you're fans. I mean, it, it's fun. It's not fun to sit and think about, I mean, you know, how awful everybody's going to be on the team. Trust me, I, you know, it's not fun to be like that. But. You, know, you have to be realist about it. I mean, we've been doing this since 2006, 3K. We've seen a lot of – you we're know, old. we were
1: convinced we're Donnie old. Avery was going to be been, a big – It's been a decade we, of times, man.
2: It so, has. And it's just like, you know, we've seen it all over the years except, you know, except much promise until recently. So, I mean, you know, my optimism is closely guarded because, yeah, I think Stedman Bailey can be a good player. I, I have no doubt about that, what we've seen from his – on tape and then briefly in the NFL, has been impressive. But it's 17 games against NFL competition, against three, not one, not two, but three of the best secondaries of the NFL in the same division. So, you know, yep. it's, it's not an easy place to come no, up right. as a receiver to begin with. And you're starting the year without the first four games, where you can kind of take some mulligans and take some – you know, take a few meaningless snaps to get your head right and stuff like that. And you're you're thrust into it in the start of October. Well, you know, in the start of October, it could, things couldn't be too damn late in the NFC West, the way the Rams schedule is this year. It's brutal. It's a brutal schedule. And you it's figure all that in because it's effect. like you've got this offense. Yeah. The whole thing with the offense, it's all predicated on, it could be good, but it's all predicated on this Rube Goldberg principle that a lot of things have to happen. Jake Long has to be ready. Week one, he has to be as healthy as he has been in the last couple of years, and you know he has to be ready to step in. He can't be slowed down at all from his ACL tear because if he is, if he's not there, then you move Roger Saffold over to left tackle. Well, then you've got a hole at guard. Well, you've got Davin Joseph, but he's not in healthy. You've got then you know if the offensive line situation isn't just right, it's a terrible situation for the quarterback. And the quarterback's coming back from an ACL tear. He's already looks like he's a scared dog in the pocket as it is. So, you know, and then if his receivers don't get it right, if Kenny Britt, Jesus Christ, man, you're predicating success on the possibility of Kenny Britt turning things around after, you know, three seasons of second chances. It's just like there's too many things that have to happen. And it can happen, and they can find success, but, you know, you've got to temper those expectations a little bit. It's not a a team that's going to score 30 points a game. But if they cannot be – you know, the opposite of an asset. If they cannot be something that, you know, if they cannot be a ball and chain to the entire team, then they can, you know, they they can move forward at the very least.
1: Well put, man. It, it, three things, I guess, in response. Number one, I wanted to get to some of the questions we got in the thread. Brandon basset, our French uh, staff member, a.k.a. Brandon Bate, mentioned the offensive <laughs> line, so I'm glad you addressed that. Number two... Let's is, run through
2: Let's run through these questions. Let's run through some of these know, questions. We only got two,
1: really. It's one from Bate and one from Smith. Uh, one was on the offensive line. Two was on, you know, the fact that when you're dealing with health, that's always going to be an issue, and I think that's one of the underlying concerns. Story is, you said we've seen everything. We haven't seen everything. I want to see uh, somebody, uh, preferably... I'll, I'll take Greg Robinson... Um, Mimicking Nicki Minaj's sweet ass cheeks the way that we saw with her album cover drop this today. Uh, I I recommend anybody from TST get on that Photoshop contest right now. I want Nicki Minaj's album cover. uh, And it it can be Sam Bradford's face. It can be Jeff Fisher's face. We we need you guys to support the Rams faithful with uh, something special. I know what's going to happen. A thought. And that's that. Um, one thing I did want to turn to, I guess we got Smith's question, so let's hit that. You know, when you're talking about the offense, it's like you said, you're, you're hoping for a lot of, you know, shoulds or coulds or hope, uh, hopeful issues. But is this the last straw for guys like Bradford and Quick, who Smith mentions, and even Isaiah Pete? You know, how much longer do you think these guys have? Is this the make or break year? I know it's been a thing before, but, you know, <laughs> is this the year?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, let's start with Brian Quick. It's already been – you have you know, Brian Quick started at fourth on the depth chart when camp broke last year, fourth on the depth chart. You know, the year before he was the 33rd overall pick in the draft in his second season in the NFL, he starts the season fourth on the depth chart. He played a little bit more as the season went on. I know, you know, when they started running more, when they started running the ball more because he can block a little bit. So, you know, Brian Quick looks – easily replaceable at this point i mean a, we've seen more than enough receivers come through Louis that can't run a route or catch a ball so you know he's not a hard guy to pick up again i may have teed same thing it's you know he's turned into a decent special teamer last year but you can find decent special teamers anywhere in the draft if you're smart if you have a good personnel offer. and the rams have done a good job with that you know picking up those french players Bradford's a big question. I mean, you know, he's he's on the hook for a lot of money again next season. It's the last year, finally the last year of his contract. I mean, if he's – you know, you'd think that if he really didn't do anything but just sort of play mediocre football for 17 games and, but did stay healthy, that the Rams could either be done with him or they could either just say, hey, you know what, let's keep him. I'm Jeff Fisher. I'd Kerry Collins was my quarterback. Op- I openly advocated for Kerry Collins to be my quarterback. So – you know, let's let's just stick with the guy, and you know, who knows what they pay him after that. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: It should be the Sure, let's let's switch to the special teams. What I think, and this is me being the weird football guy I am, that I love offensive and defensive lines, and nobody else shares the level of love that I have for boring nineteen sixties football that I do. Yeah, I think that the player that I was most disappointed. In, by in 2013, and it wasn't because of his play, it was just because he didn't get more opportunities. Was Greg Zerline. You go back to his rookie year two years ago, and this was a guy who had a shot to make essentially 70 yard field goals, and he had an impact in 2012 that he didn't really come close to in 2013. On top of that, you throw in Kayvon Austin. Obviously, you hope for a little bit more of what we saw glimpses of last year. Johnny Hecker is a starting punter. I think he's capable. To where do you think special teams improvement comes from this year? If there's some to be had, is it in the blocking to lead for some more Tavon Austin opportunities? Is it giving Greg Zerline a, a chance to show off his, you know, the 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 depth of his you know kicking capability more? What what do the Rams need to do better on special teams this year? I
2: I don't know what they can do better really and truly. I mean, they've been really pretty a, a pretty good special teams unit. I mean, you'd like to see, if anything, you know, a home more of a home run threat in the return game. I mean you like to see somebody that can take it back. I mean I know Kayla and Austin has done that and you want to, you want to see more sure. of that and more more consistently too. So you get that and that changes I mean that adds an even you know tougher element to that group. But I mean other than that it's it's hard to see where the special teams unit can improve more than it has.
1: I mean it's solid. It it feels like you know, that, that's an issue that's been dealt with. I just wonder if there's an improvement there. But maybe that's the easiest one to move on from. We talked about defense. We talked about offense special teams. Your your favorite, coaching, right?
0: <laughs> what? Right. And
1: obviously, I mean, it, the thing that I always try to remind people of is when you're Jeff Fisher, Brian Schottenheimer, Greg Williams, and maybe some of the lesser, you know, Paul Boudreaux, you don't have a you know, multi-decade career for most of these guys in this industry by doing things a certain way and then getting to essentially the pinnacle of your career and deciding to change things up. The reason Jeff Fisher is where he's at, the reason Brian Schottenheimer, Greg Williams, all the coaches on the staff, the reason they're where they're at is because they did things a certain way. You can't expect them to just change it because, oh, it didn't work for a couple weeks or a season or whatever. The, the reason mm-hmm. that Brian that or you go back to last year, Tim Walton, the reason Tim Walton got hired as a defensive coordinator is because of the things that he did. It, 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 it's irrational to expect him to abandon that just because things fell apart, in, in, you know, over a certain small sample size over a, a short time span. It, it, do you think that there's been enough time? for Jeff Fisher and St. Louis, and for him to work with this roster and work with Billy Devaney as his general manager and work with Sam Bradford as his quarterback, that maybe there's a chance that they're starting to see that there are some tweaks they can make, some tweaks they can make to the passing offense, into the pass-run ratio, some tweaks to the cushion of death. I know this is something we talked about at the beginning of the summer. Do you feel any sense that maybe there are some significant tweaks coming that we might get a hint of in the preseason?
2: You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess more than anything, too, you look at what happened with the defense last year, and, and you and you can see a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. although maybe it's not quite as well, you know, not as quite as obvious or not quite as well publicized. But you know, Fisher obviously had to step in and take over more for, um, you know, Tim Walton last year because the defense wasn't living up to standards. I mean, that was something that was pretty widely reported. And and on the offense too, it's like, and I know, you know, you lose your your starting quarterback, so you go to a backup. But at the same time, it's like. You know, they had to scale back and become a simple, simple offense, a really simple offense, a painfully simple offense at times. So, you know, how much do you have to scale back so that you can, you know, sort of function with these guys? Because that's not good to go into, you know, you don't want to have your lieutenants that, you know, are are supposed to kind of carry out your vision for things, not able to do their jobs competently. And that's what happened a little bit last year with the Rams. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think the hard part is you've had so much
1: turnover on the defensive side, right, between Blake Williams, then Tim Walton, you know, not having – and, and we even talk about Blake Williams technically they didn't even have a defensive coordinator a few years ago. And now bringing in Greg Williams, it almost feels like, you know, Jeff Fisher was kind of biding his time to bring Greg Williams in anyway, and it didn't really matter who they necessarily – Brought in the first two years because he was just waiting for an opportunity to bring Greg Williams in once Goodell reinstated him. And, and, and on the offensive side, I mean, nobody is going out and saying Brian Schottenheimer is one of the great offensive minds of the league. It feels like there's this weird bo- uh, boundary, right? This weird limit, a cap that's being put on the offense only because they're just so uh, committed to a certain philosophy of offense. And if Tavon Austin doesn't understand the playbook, it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of movement on the coaches' part to get towards the players. It feels like it's just forcing the players to get to the coaches. And re- regardless of how long that takes, so be it. It doesn't really matter what the results are. Yeah. I
2: and mean, it's, you know you're doing it you're trying you're putting your mesh points on the wrong spot too it's like you're forcing yeah. players to adapt to a specific page out of the playbook as opposed to you know a specific regimen or a specific sort of you know way of doing things or a specific way of practicing or a specific way of and, you know and forming it's your you said. it's like it's kind of this old school mentality that it's
1: that old school mentality of saying this is the way that that worked when I was in the NFL or this is the way that worked when I was developing as a coach this is the way it's going to work And it almost feels, you know, kind of stubborn versus, you know, uh, not necessarily confident, but it's almost a stubbornness versus a flexibility to make the most out of what you have versus the capability to, you know, force people to accept a system. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, and then too, you've got, you know, this is a a league that sort of fights change in every step of the way. And then, you know, Fisher's an NFL guy through and through. I mean, it's, you know, he's probably got to – uh, so, you know, it's – but the, the football changes faster now. I mean, the changes sure. you saw two decades ago happened over the course of five years. The changes you see in the NFL now happen over the course of the season. I mean, it's – you know, the game has – thinking about how much the game's changed even in, you know, since we start, have been able to start saying it's a passing league, it's a passing league. I mean, it's been a passing league for 20 years now or more. Yep. So it's um, it's a weird mix of passing and running now. It's a it's a thinking man's football, much more so than it used to be. It is, and or we you think can't it's recreate a the 1970s it. Steelers in this day and age. <laughs> well,
1: I'm just saying after the nineteen seventies and eighties and nineties, which you guys chronicled the the destination of football, I don't know that we want to man it was it was, it was almost too much i mean maybe, when I was a kid the you know the n f l was fun now that I'm old oh i I don't know if i I don't know if I can take that kind of nonchalance in my football. I need more focus Good God. <laughs> but we do we do have a caller I think we got one from the five oh one area code, which if I'm not. Uh, Mistaken is from North Little Rock, and we we only You've have one real listener. Me. We only have one real listener and staff member from North Little Rock. He's a he's a sweatpants aficionado. He knows his Nicki Minaj ass cheeks uh, like the back of his hand, and he looks he looks at women's ass cheeks as much as the back of his hand. It's got to be Tevin. Team, what's going on? Man? Hello. Hello. We know we know you're at Coles. We know you're hiding in the back <laughs> in, the, in the, the album cover. What's good, bro? What's up? Hey, am
3: I, am I finally on? Am I here?
1: Yeah, you, you're finally here? on. You're, you're on. on. You're yes. have, yeah. Yeah, we have to knock through the early stuff, man. What's going on? What do you want to talk about? We'll give you some time, T. What's up?
3: Hey, man, you know, it feels good. It feels good to finally be back. I'm happy y'all finally doing this again.
1: You know, it's, anyway, we're getting into training camp. We're getting into the season. What 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 are you most interested in? You know, it's been a long off season. We've you've, you've been the progenitor, and I, let let's give some public credit for Tevin for pushing this season preview series. If you guys have seen the Rams roster preview, this was an effort on behalf of Tevin Brona. This man is growing up. He's getting plans. He's organizing, he communicating with the staff. Mm. We're getting it done, man, and that's all, that's all on Tevin. All credit to him, but. You know, outside of the roster,
2: and preview. then the Nicki Minaj CD came out, and you know, now we we haven't heard from him on that. <laughs> I know. Right? Well, y'all make, what, y'all what
3: make what you all make me up, man. You know.
1: There you but, go. What, what, <laughs> well, I, hey, we can always knock you down a couple of pegs. Though, the, 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 <laughs> I but, know y'all can. <laughs> what <laughs> what hey, but honestly, you, know, you I, man? Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I think you know. I think the most interesting thing right now is the Rams' offense. I mean, y'all touched on it. You know, earlier, but I mean, it's just, it's interesting to see what the Rams are going to do because last year, you know, we had a feeling that they were going to do the spread type of look where they'll have Cook and Tavon Nelson use them all creative, and obviously that sure. fell through. But, you know, now it's like they just decided to, hey, we're going to run, we can't throw the ball, so damn it, we're just going to run the ball down and throw it and just keep pushing and pushing. So, you know, I'm kind of curious to see where that leads Tavon Nelson, who's, Mostly just a situational player, you know. Cause he mostly just comes in the flood and where it leaves Cook, who's really not a good blocker, but they have him in there anyway because he could catch. I'm curious to see where it leads those two, and, you know. I'm hoping, you know, with Ryan's favorite quarterback Sam Bradford back, that they could finally get back on track, you know. Maybe, maybe Jared Cook could finally, maybe Jared Cook could have 800 yards, or maybe Tavon Austin could finally show that he could catch a, Maybe set up could tutor him doing a maybe some could tutor him in the library or wherever the Rams use to study. In the maybe library. Maybe he could look in the up.
1: library. You so college, dog. Like the only place, the only place that people get together to talk about stuff that that has any sensibility is the library.
3: Okay. Okay. Starbucks. Maybe they'll meet to Starbucks with their iPads. And, and to the iPads. Hey, Nelson Also, LeBron, Shyam, Sam set up right for go over, over, over the playbook with them. Which, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of laughing at the library. Different. Hey, T, just, T, let me ask you, though.
1: Out of these three areas, where do you think the Rams have the opportunity to make the most improvement? Quarterback play, the rest of the offensive roster, or coaching? Quarterback play. I mean, last
3: you year, it's, it's, you know, they're
2: <laughs>
1: be be careful, dog. People gonna put you in the same campus van. They gonna say you are a quarterback. Hey, they're gonna say
2: they're gonna say all the <laughs> same. Things. Me. Trust me, trust me. You don't want
1: <laughs> my email inbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Have y'all, did y'all see did y'all see the St. Louis Rams yearbook or whatever it was? Or I did NFL it on, on NFL that?
1: Network. I did.
3: I did. You, it kind of surprised me. I wasn't I wasn't used to Sam Bradford being all rah rah when he brought down that well, uh, pre huddle
0: yeah,
1: but I, I that? think that's one of those things that, that people want to see certain things that may be going on in the team that that doesn't make it, you know, through the media. And I don't think it's necessary. It, it's, it's one of those weird things where, you know, you go back two years ago and you remember the, the win. I mean, was it two years ago or three years ago, the win we had over New Orleans where, You know, Roger Saffold got that false start, and Stephen Jackson was on that ass like (laughs) there was no tomorrow, right? (laughs) And it was great. Everybody, everybody bought into that because it was the optics of it. And sometimes the optics aren't really – don't match up with reality. And, you know, I saw it with you, T. You know, it it looked good to see – a quarterback who had some sense of leadership and the personality of the team, and that doesn't necessarily like we talked about at the very beginning of the show. Like Van was saying, Sam Bradford doesn't come across as a guy with a ton of personality, but it may not be the reality. And, and I think, moreover, it may not be the important part, right? Yeah,
3: you know, I'm, you know, I'm really not too worried about, it, but I think that's something that you know fans want to see. Everybody. Everybody hates that. A lot of people hate that Seth Rapper has such a quiet demeanor, especially, you know, given our record. You know, everybody wants him to become more of a leader. And I feel that that should be something that the St. Louis Rams, you know, should have pushed a while ago. Like, hey, here's a video of Seth Rapper being all rah rah. Does that get you excited? You don't think that'll push that side of it. But, you know, besides that, you know, I feel that this, you know, I don't expect great things from Seth Rapper. I don't expect him to being the Tom Brady bracket. But I think he should easily be as good as Alex Smith. And, you know, the thing about, you know, since they added Trey Mason and everybody's like, oh, the Rams going to run 30 yards, 30 times a game. And I don't necessarily think that's true because, <clears throat> I mean, if you go back to the Seahawks game, the Rams try to run it and run it, and they just couldn't do it against the Seahawks. But I, honestly – I think we're just gonna see a whole bunch of running at the beginning of the season for Sam Bradford to get used to the get used to the speed of the game and coming off an ACL injury because it's so hard coming off an ACL injury. And some, sure. you see you see mixed results. You had RG three, you had RG three playing horrible. You had Tom Brady playing eh, pretty good when he came up off of his ACL. You know, just almost the same with Sam Bradford with his ACL injury, and then everything else before that when he didn't have the ACL injury, he just he had little issues that just kept coming up and up, like bad play action fakes or him being skittish and him always checking down the ball, checking down the pass. So, I don't know. I, I feel like with a better running game, just take some of the pressure off of Sam Bradford, and hopefully,
2: hopefully he probably puts it together this year and just makes it You know, proud, it's, it's going to be – it's, it's here's the thing about the running game, though. It's going to be hard to run the ball – when there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing. When in I'm expecting it, yeah. Well, well, and there's nothing to keep a safety deep either. What, when, what reason when you play the Rams do you have to keep a safety deep? Sure. Ta- ta- table, on am just have him with Chris Pittman <laughs> on. doing <laughs> deep.
3: <laughs> okay. It, it'll be it. interesting. He, hey guys, guys, let me before <laughs> we get right.
1: deep into this, I, I do we do have a call from the seven three two. And for those of you guys that don't study area codes every night, like I do, 732 is from New Jersey. So I think we might have to modify this into a tertiary radio roundtable from the 732. I think we might have Mike on. What's going on? What happened? My, <laughs> I, I knew, I, I knew it, 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 on a night that it was going to be me and Van, Tevin, and Mike were going to be our P1s. That's a radio term for those of y'all. Hey, Mike, I heard you guys need uh, the optimistic point of view. <laughs> you know, you
2: know, somehow <laughs> somehow between
1: Ryan T and Mike, I became the Sam Bradford evangelist. I don't know I don't know how this happened. <laughs> Mike, what do you think, man? You've been listening this whole time. What do you think? Where where did the Rams find improvement in twenty fourteen? Oh, crap. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: let's see. Uh, where can we get improved? So where can we find three wins and miss the playoffs by one game like the Cardinals? <laughs> That's just <laughs> so hard. Well, you know, it's you just actually lobbed it, and I just dunked it like it's 1987 again. Um, you know, it, it's quarterback, right? So if you just Bradford to the average NFL quarterback stack, right, so you get 4,000 yards is average now. 63% completion is average. 7.1, I think, is average yards to, you know per attempt. 26 touchdowns is average. If you get him to average, then maybe they can win three more games. So then here's the question. Here's the question. Yeah, exactly. What gets Sam Bradford to average? Is it Sam Bradford? Is it everybody around him? Or is it the, the Charles strategy, the game plan? No, you know what? The game plan can be fine. Schottenheimer did get Sanchez to a, a playoffs, right? And Mark Sanchez couldn't hit the side of a bar. AFC block. Championship, right? Twice, twice. Yeah.
2: And I know, I know he didn't carry you know? him. He didn't carry him, but,
1: you know, I live in this he world. Didn't hurt he me either.
2: Either. He played well in the playoffs. I mean, it, a lot of it's
1: on Sam, right? So I think I made the joke and whatever, because everybody thinks I hate the Rams. You know, Bradford... <laughs> What his main thing is, is he can't settle for the three-yard frickin' pass when it's third and ten. He's got – and he can't – and also, little unshoddy, we can't have the three-yard hitch on third and ten, too. We sure. need everything on the sure. move. You, you need to hit people on the move because, yeah. you know, we, we know Austin can't make anyone miss. If he's standing still, me and you, Joe, can tackle him, I think. Um, you know, you got to get people on the move. He's got to not have – the receivers, all right. This isn't the greatest show on turf, but he's got to. You know, these guys are probably breaking open at some point, and they're not stopping. Sam's got to hit them, um, you know. And then, and Sam, and here's what you got to watch. And you know, we're not going to see him preseason because y'all heard Fisher on Mike and Mike yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we're not yeah. we're not going to see a lot of Bradford in preseason, so we're not going to be able to gleam a goddamn thing from preseason. Right. Um, you know, Sam's got to have the ball to stand in there now with the knee.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm a man from not five knee surgeries. I got a tornado, You know, it, it takes a little bit when you step out there to not think about it. And he had a quick trigger beforehand where, you know, he threw it relatively, you know, he threw it very quick. Um, you know, you got to watch him now, right? Is he just going to, you know, quick dumps? And, and you know,
2: I, I don't know. Well, not I mean, like, know then that you, then you've got Jake Long's ACL on the left side, and it's like it's only yep. Jake Long. I mean, Jake Long's not a young guy as far as offensive Ew. tackle goes, with his injury history either. So it's you know this is it's a shaky situation on that side too. And you start you know you bring in, you invite more pressure in, you just invite disaster.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the two most important guys maybe on offense are coming off torn ACLs, and everybody thinks these these guys are going to be Adrian Peterson. You know. <laughs> It, it, like, the rehab is better, and people do come back faster. But, you know, it's still a torn ACL. That hasn't changed. Um, and Jake Long and Sam Bradford are no Peterson. They're no Gronk either. You know, we'll see how <laughs> Gronk does too. You know, these guys are physical marvels. I don't care how – oh, Brad, You know what we're going to hear come Friday right on Twitter? Oh, Bradford looks buff. He's big. Look at those arms. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Holy crap! I got man love for him, and then you know. It, it's, well, know, it, it, hey Mike, you you know if you want rash, you know, realistic appraisal of how Sam looks, you can always follow Tony Softly on on Twitter. They, they, it's very even handed. It's not going to be over the top praise. You know, you can follow. Follow
2: Tony. Friday. Yeah. yeah hey, let gonna, me ask you guys,
1: let's do a quick roundtable. Since I got you three yeah. guys on, it's a TST staff version of Tertial Radio. Some simple questions. Number one, we talked about health. And I think, to me, that may be the biggest thing for the Rams is because they're so thin, this is not a deep team uh, outside of defensive line, that they can't really afford injuries anywhere. The, I think, obviously, the, the most injury-prone guy on the team is Roger Saffold. Over, under, I'll say week eight, oh. I'll take it in the middle of the season, week eight. What, does Roger Saffold get injured before, or and let's not get silly? He's not going to not get injured. He's going to take an injury this season, and they're going to have to shuffle the <laughs> offensive line. Let's start with you, Van. Week 8, before week or after? Week, week 6, week Mike, six. or Kevin, let's take it in order of calling. Kevin, what do you think, before, before. or after Week 8? After before,
0: Week
1: 14. Week 14, <laughs> so we got one before, one week after 14. Mike. Come on. I know you're before it. Yeah, he's getting week hurt in the game. week 3. He falls down the He's stairs and he into the stadium. <laughs> there you go. Hey, num- hey. so number two. That number two question, Sam Bradford. Is this, is this the year that he's able to get through a season and post career highs? The things are in place for him to do that, right? Even despite the coaching and all that stuff, he was on track last year before the injury against Carolina to do that stuff. Is this the year that Sam Bradford at least solidifies himself as not being the problem? Then this is a softball. I just I just <laughs> tossed one up to you, right? Right-handed. It's it's mid it's mid chest. Is right in front I, of you. Ben, well, you know what? Sam I'm,
2: gonna, is of, I'm I could take the I could take the slap single here, but I'm gonna go for I'm gonna I'm gonna go yard. I'm gonna call my shot even, because here's the thing. Sam Bradford, this isn't just a make or break season for Sam Bradford and St. Louis. If he doesn't put things together this season, he's not gonna play in the NFL outside of maybe so he's gonna be you know backup jobs. That's backup. it. Yeah. And so you know, it's it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. N-O, no. Oh, no. <laughs> let me put it that way.
1: Heaven. Kevin, I need some optimism, dog. Help me out. What do you think, Sam Bradford? Is this the year that he establishes himself?
2: Hey, you
3: know what? If people don't question Andy Dalton, I think that's the you won't question Sam right? <laughs>
0: Bradford. <laughs> people do
1: question Andy Dalton. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, bro. Okay. I like but nobody this. ever says like he's horrible. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I like the approach, of Mike. Oh, Mike, we got to finish with you. Sam Bradford. let well. Sam Bradford's Pro Bowl. This is the year that he makes himself a Hall of Famer, right? Well, um, that's probably not going to happen. Um, the odds on him making himself into a top 15 quarterback, I would put at 20%. Well, hey, I, so you're saying hey, there's hey, a I'm chance. I'm going to throw something back Mike, at
2: you. I'm going to throw back, something back at your negative billy. Sam Bradford is a Hall of Famer already. The Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. The today. Oklahoma, that's right, <laughs> that's right.
1: See, see <laughs> leave it up to Van for the for the knowledge base to be able to circle the But here, game. Joe, my, my Bradford thing has a caveat, though. Okay. So when Sam gets hurt in about week 9, week 10, Sean, Sean Hill, Hill comes Don't in and that. needs the Rams uh, to play off. <laughs> hold on, wait, wait, wait. Last year was Kellen Clemens. This year it's Sean Hill. Sound the Sean Hill back. No, no, no. I just in your shelter's. We've got oh, a first shot. We've got a first shot. Tailbends. Get under the table. We need canned vegetables, canned food. Get the children. Get the children. Uh-oh. Oh thank god, we're already talking about tailbends. We well, haven't even started training camp? We're already talking about the shot. <laughs> It's going to live
3: radio right there,
1: man. <laughs> well, that was a little melodrama. That was like we were really on the radio. It was like a mic and mic show. I bring well, on Tony you know, Soprano. To bring on Softly.
2: Tony Softly.
1: He, he, uh, for a Churchill Radio throwback, I will mention the time that I played the alarm sound and Tevin thought it was a cop trailing him. I think that was one of the great <laughs> moments in the history of Churchill. Hey, no,
3: one time. One time. <laughs> it, was, it
1: only takes one. It only takes one, Ray Rice. It only takes one time to establish a pattern. Last <laughs> last question, for the round table. Hey, I'm always <laughs> riding dirty.
3: I can't get caught.
1: <laughs> Shut up, man. What is... <laughs> In terms of the record, or in terms of, let's put it like this, for success, what do you guys think constitutes a successful 2014 season for the Rams? Is it making the playoffs? Is it getting close? Like I said, week 16, week 17, being in the playoff picture. Is it, Is it something that suggests that Sam Bradford and Jeff Fisher and the rest of the, you know, the entire brass have a future with this team? What constitutes a successful season for you, Van, let's start with you
2: You know, I would be pleased if, you know, we joked around about it earlier, but I mean, if they're a 10 win team and one, one, one win out of the playoffs outside of the playoffs, it's, that's a success because that's a big leap. And, and they're just, they're not even close to the same level as a healthy 49ers and a healthy Seahawks team. I mean, it just, you know, those two are other, those are the Patriots of the the early 2000s. I mean, they're that, you know, good. So it's, you know, 10 wins as a success. Maybe, you know, injuries happen, other things like that, hit the other lineups in the NFC, and they can sneak into the playoffs. It's not out of the question. Like Mike said, I mean, you know, maybe you do enough to where if you bring Sean Hill in, the offense is inoffensive enough to sort of, you know, not screw you out of a playoff shot.
1: Tevin, what do you think?
2: What's, what's a
1: successful 2014 Rams season for Tevin, Bro, You know what? I'm going I'm to go
3: for the home run. The so cells should be playoffs. Playoffs. At Hell least yeah. playoffs. Hey, you have Sam Bradford saying we should minimum. go to the playoffs? Yeah, you say Sam Bradford Sal Bradford saying we should go to the playoffs. Chris Gibbons saying we should go to the playoffs. Why should my expectations be lower? Shoot for the playoffs at least.
2: That's right. Good call, Kevin. That's
1: absolutely Kevin, right. Love you. I love you, man. Mike Mike, come on man. What's a, what's a successful 2014 well, round season up as a 30. 40 As a 40-year Ram fan who's seen four winning seasons since 1989... <laughs> Drop um, that knowledge. Uh, I would... Uh, you know, I think I would be relatively pleased if they got to nine wins or more. The playoffs, unfortunately, might be out of their... Just might be out of their realm because it's going to be tough to get every wild card team from the, the NFC West. So, if they sure. can get to nine wins... And our quarterback can play 16 games um, and play at an average level. Does it have to level. be 16, though? Does it have to be 16 games? Well, it, see, here's the problem, right? If if they win nine games, and, and I made the joke, but I think I like Sean Hill, actually, as a backup much, much more than Clemens. It, if they get to nine wins and Sam misses six games, you still have the Sam thing hanging over the franchise. <laughs> Tom go I'm
3: oh, sorry. I had to do that. You mentioned you saw <laughs> nice. so, all these tornadoes. God, the problem
1: is, <laughs> if Bradford gets hurt again, but they go 9-7, and seven, what do you do? Right? Oh my God. First record in the day. Day. Sure. So, what do you do? Do you, do you draft Brett Hunley? I think you draft Brett Hunley and you just go there, but. Another no! Oh, you UCLA Homer. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> I don't know about him.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, it, I think if you get nine wins and Sam at sixteen games, that kind of positions you next year. Then to hopefully make the jump to eleven wins, if if you win nine games and Sean Hill won three of those or what have you, and Sam again got hurt, then even though those nine wins are a different kind of nine wins where you're you're starting over with a quarterback, which I don't think is the worst thing, but mm-hmm it's a whole different offseason than it would be if Sam played 16 and they win nine or more. Yeah. they Mike, I didn't I didn't hear you, though. If the Rams win nine wins, then who wins three games? Sean Hill. Get the yeah. Shelter. It's another Sean Hill reference. First car radio. This <laughs> is episode two. Gentlemen, <laughs> we're under attack. Kevin, at Mike, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, no, no problem. What should, I'm, I'm talking no over no the No
0: problem. Board, man. While we're going. Turn the
1: siren off. What, <laughs> the siren's the best part, man. What, what do you guys think moving forward? What do you think people should be looking out for on Churchill Times from Mike B., Tevin B in the weeks ahead? Tevin, you first.
3: I didn't even hear you say it again. Well, what, what's coming up the on Churchill Times from Tevin? My ears.
1: I, I know we got the roster preview.
3: I said it here. All right, one more time. One more time. I got it. Hey,
1: it what are you going to put on the site the next couple of weeks? What yeah, are you working you know on? What? what are you writing? What What are you doing in the library?
3: Uh, all right, so this is going to be a big thing. Y'all listening? Y'all
1: going to be the right, first one to
3: know this. Yeah. The sequel, Me and My Sweatpants. New sweatpants. New different colors. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Be on the lookout
1: for it. <laughs> I'm gonna be refreshing my Twitter feed every 30 seconds. I don't know.
3: <laughs> but honestly, probably you know I'm planning a couple of training camp breakdowns. You know, roster spots. Maybe I could do a couple game breakdowns
0: since
3: you so a couple you of player breakdowns. You know, since since I'm not in school right now, since I'm graduating in August, since I have a little extra time on my hands. You know, maybe I could do that. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about watching. Tavon Nelson on game, rewind and see how he looked and coach and Good luck, Tavon. So what I, look, so what I think, he, he was, was kind of nice. Hey, that, that, sounds sounds
2: like a, hey. that sounds like a hell of a plan to me. I am I am looking forward to reading that.
1: Of course you are. That's what I'm talking about. It sounds like good content. Hey, Kevin, on behalf of everybody from International Times, a congratulations man on school. Congratulations yeah. on finishing it. And and I want to say on behalf of every American 30 and over for somebody who's graduating college and trying to enter this workforce. (laughs) Hey, good luck, bro. Have a good time with that.
3: (laughs) Thanks, Chris.
0: Take
1: care, Tev. Take it easy, man. Tev Brown, everybody. Mike. Uh, What's coming up, man? One of the things we talked about before you came on, and obviously when we move forward. Oh. I lose your toe. I'm here.
2: Hello? Yep. Joe, Kev, uh oh, Mike, well, give us some fantasy football advice? What are what are what do we need to watch out for fantasy football? Yeah, so up?
1: I I just uh I've been updating my top 150. I'm hoping to get one. I'm probably gonna wait till after the weekend to see if anybody breaks a leg by walking off a plane and into camp. And in any of the uh, <laughs> so I will get my uh I'll get my updated top 150. Probably look at um some average draft positions on who I think is going to uh, exceed those and who's going to deny it. I mean, it's a little early to look at drafts because any reasonable fantasy football person should not be doing a draft in the middle at the end of July. But um, I am yeah. going to look at those because there are idiots that we see on Twitter doing everything. <laughs> thing. Um, so I will take a look at those, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll break down the Rams a little bit. You know, it, it's not hard to see that the Rams are not fantasy relevant other than possibly – um, the defense, and, of course, Stacy, uh, which, you know, that's another – probably we have more time, but I, I don't think he's going to do – I think he'll be lucky to do what he did last year, but uh, we can chat about that as we go on in the summer.
2: So that's the goal. Keep updating uh, my my top 150, and uh, probably going to get that up early next week. Oh, he Grant in the first round, because I read some stuff about OTAs. I'm sorry, what was that? I said Kenny Britt in the first round because I read some stuff mm-hmm. about OTAs, right? Well, he looks good. He, there's no one that's going to look better than Shorts uh, on Friday <laughs> than Kenny
1: Britt. I you guys, I I love know. the Shorts
2: he, forecasts. I love the Shorts forecast because, like, everybody in the NFL right now is, like, playing at an all-pro level.
1: Ryan, I've known Kenny Britt since he was, like, 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> there's some crazy – stuff out there, let's just say. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, I, think good, I think that's a good point to end this topic. He, um,
2: yeah. he been kidnapped it, by, by the mushroom people, apparently. Yeah, kenny, Kenny's kenny got an interesting uh, an interesting
1: history here in uh, mid-central New Jersey, I'll tell you that. I, I can imagine. Uh, I, I, don't I don't think it's limited to mid-central New Jersey. Though. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but yeah, now fantasy-wise, I mean, you know, our team's not exactly relevant, but there's plenty of girls see everywhere. So I'm going to try to bang a few things out in the next couple of weeks, I am going to Hawaii in uh, teen days. Um, oh, there you
2: go. Yes,
1: yes, celebrating my 20th wedding anniversary, so.
2: Oh, nice. Well, congratu- yeah. another congratulations is in order on Turf Show Radio. We've had a graduation and a 20th anniversary. That's that's a little, We've you know, that's a, po- a couple positive things for the show tonight. And absolutely. And an
1: about Kenny Britton banging it out. So I think we hit, kind of hit the triple the cut.
2: <laughs> okay. <you. laughs> hey, We've a some. of. T- something. 3K's got some technical difficulties for those of you just tuning into the show tonight. So uh, hang in there. Kevin's got some good stuff coming up on looking at the offense. Mike's going to be back with his fantasy stuff. 3K, are you back yet? Can you hear us? What's going on? Can you
0: hear me?
2: We, there's just sort of a muffled-like version of you. We can't really understand anything you're saying. It's just sort of a like a Charlie Brown teacher sort of situation.
1: So what's the thing is that people from the South have a muffled kind of voice? I don't uh, Is that a I Wait, wait. There
2: was a little better for a second. Uh, let's try this. Hey, hey, R-A-M, hey, hey, I. Well three K, you're kinda of ramming it, you're kinda of non ramming it right now. It's 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 hard to hear you. So we'll wrap this show up. We'll say everybody, you know, it's been a great it's been a great summer. I think we're all ready to get back into football regardless of what you think about Sam Bradford. So uh Mike, three K, it's been good to talk to everybody tonight. Looking forward to seeing you. Man, how's this? Stuff. Is this and, any
1: better? Can you hear me?
2: Shit, there you are. Now I can hear you just. Well, fine. God bless
1: it. God bless speakerphone. You guys just missed the three missed the three best jokes in the history of of humanity. I feel really bad that I wasn't able to provide you guys with those. Yeah, yeah we were talking about Kenny Britton banging it out, and I I we'll missed the blunts we'll in my back. Side. Yeah, we'll I guess get so. Then hey, let me ask you though: if you if Sam Bradford honestly gets hurt, who do you think steps in at quarterback?
2: Well,
1: I mean it's, it's Sean Hill who
2: else is it? I mean I just tricked over to God. You know, he was he was You activated the Sean Hill alarm. I, <laughs> I, mean, I walked right into it. I walked right into the, it. The shine has
1: fallen off the shelf. I don't know. Oh god. I love you all. I love all of you. Is the alarm is the, is the alarm too loud? Do I need to turn it down next time we activate it? <laughs> Potentially, yes Okay, I want to make sure That it burns everybody's eardrums So that they understand When we talk about Sean Hill On Turf Show Radio 3K, I think
2: that's a good point To uh, wrap it up
1: I think it's a perfect point. Hey, everybody knows if you listen to Tertial Radio you get an Easter egg at the end of the show, so make sure you follow through to the end. We didn't have a ton of questions else to uh deal with from the thread van, so I think that does it. Uh usually, you know, we talk about the draft at the end of the show for people who have been listening for the last as you mentioned, nine years. Good God, we're getting old. I, I don't know that there's a ton of draft stuff, a ton of college stuff to get you yet. I think we've got a, a rookie class that we can deal with first and Maybe next week or two weeks from now when we get the next episode of the Radio going, we'll talk about the draft. I know there's quite a, quite, a, quite a few other college football fans out there other than myself, so uh, yeah, we're going to hook still, you guys I up. Still,
2: uh, I still haven't gotten over my hangover from this year's draft. So,
1: Well, you know, it was a special draft that was supplied with some bullet and some fireball by one <laughs> very generous <laughs> exactly. Tertial exactly. Time exactly. Power. <laughs> all of it. Uh, good that's game. getting, that's it's getting way too later. inside FB Nation circles for most people. But um, in the end, it is what it is, man. We're starting camp tomorrow, and it's another season of Rams football. It's exciting, though. And, and, and uh, you know, even even with all the, the bullshit that we talk about with Tony Sopley and anybody else, and the fact that we're going to overplay our hand when it comes to the optimism and the positivity of what we're seeing from players. In shorts on the field. The reality is, this is football, man, and we're all going to get excited as we have, uh, as excited as we've ever been to ball.
2: That's right. That is
1: nah, right. I, I can't wait, man. So, for everybody, stay tuned to Churchill Times. You know what you're going to get it's daily coverage. We're going to have everything from the best links of the day, the tweets of the day. Uh, you're going to have the major. Uh, what what else? The, the people assigned to follow the teams in major media, the Vines, well, you know the what? Tweets, got, the YouTubes.
2: It's, and Tevin's Sweatpants. So I think that's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and Tevin's Sweatpants. Are into, and there there might not be a better reason to come back to Terrestrial Times every five minutes than a chance to see Tevin's Sweatpants redux. We'll see, man. But other than that, that's I don't right. know, man, what else you got, man?
2: I, all I have to say is you know you know what all I have to say is go Rams
1: you know the deal go Rams see y'all next time
0: Starting us off The Rams get down So nobody scores And don't you worry Cause the Rams are rapping When game time comes We'll be back to God We can't sing And our dance is not pretty But we'll do our best For the team and the city So get on your feet And clap your hands Let's ram it right now With L.A. Rams Hollywood, handsome, Dodge city tough. If you throw it by way, it's going to get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see, nobody likes ramming any more
1: than me. They call me Jesus. Nobody dresses Twitter. under under this cool is a quarterback in I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put them on back. the back. limousine with my moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special team. I know how to rush from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead.
2: I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Herc and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram
0: it just right, you can ram it all day. hill take a look at my stock. I catch what they told me and I like the block. I'm quick off the line as I can be, cause I don't want dick running over me. This
3: is baby face and I don't
0: yield. I'm a text fool on the football field. From the jersey shore to baboa Bay. If you run at me, you'll have a bad day. This is RB on no speedball round. fastest man in the whole damn town. Cars and ladies are part of my creed, but more than that, I feel the need to speed. This is Catcher, out to make a run. With
1: shade on, I can catch a BB in the dark. So now you're ready and I'm sure you'll agree. The ramming is fun when you are ramming with me. Ram no.
0: When class has become my way, I'll knock you on your all night.
1: Hollywood show, great time, sir. I just want to remind everybody that uh, big season for Sam Bradford, but if he goes down, we always have Sean Hill. And I think you know when you talk about Sean Hill, you know that you're always going to have somebody who's capable of okay. Sean Hill, Sean Hill. I need canned green beans. I need canned green beans. Somebody, uh, two two three one one. Alexandria, Virginia. I'll be here for the next 20 years, hold up in my shelter, church and Radio programs.
3: My name
2: is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the Shut Down Full Tron!
3: It's not Voltron.